Well, howdy, roofers. Welcome to Roofer Growth Hacks, the podcast that is dedicated to highlighting fast-growing roofing entrepreneurs, learning how they overcome growth challenges with creative growth hacks, and connecting them with other roofers in the roofing industry. I'm your host, Chris Hunter, founder and chief marketing officer of RoofingSites.com. I'm also the author of The Ultimate Guide to Digital Marketing for Roofers. I got a little story for you, roofers. Alex Caesar is the CEO of Alex Caesar's Ventures and is an expert in company culture. He shares with us in this episode on how having a strong company culture can help you build your company and how your core values are one of the most important things that you can have and build in your roofing company today. So be sure to listen up as Alex shares some awesome growth hacks. Thank you so much for coming on here, Alex. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Chris. Awesome. Well, you know, one of the things that is important in, in the roofing industry is culture. And I think that's, you know, so awesome. Yep. And right right that you're here, right? It's right up your alley. Why don't you start off here and tell us something that nobody else knows about you? I'll tell you two things that no one or nice. maybe the general public may not know. So before I played football at AM, whenever AM offered me a football scholarship, I actually had zero offers and zero stars. And I did not even have a recruiting profile. So that's one thing that may not be widespread and known. The other thing is that I speak on stages all the time, but I do not like to go back and watch my own stuff. So <laughs> it's taken me a very long time because obviously you want to get better and critique yourself, but there's something, and I'm probably not the only person about our own voices when we're just like, Ugh, it makes us cringe. So as much as I speak, it takes a lot of energy to go back and listen to myself and see what I can do better. <laughs> I am 100% right there with you, brother. I mean, so I, I hate doing the same thing. So, but I agree it is, it's hard and it's something that you have to do to get better yep. at, at our craft, right? Absolutely. So, awesome. All right. Well, so let's dig into the football thing real quick, right? Um, uh -huh. So you played football at Texas A&M. Yes, sir. Yep. And, the, uh, the, the wild story behind that is I played A&M kind of during the, the Johnny Menzel era and uh, A&M actually had a traveling camp at my high school. They called my head coach and said, hey, we just had a school cancel on us. It was the last year these camps were legal. Can we use your school to have a football camp. Well, who turns, you know, Kevin, someone down. So yeah. they came to my school. I had no plans on going to the camp. And apparently our <laughs> ground staff had forgot to cut the grass. So it's about eight inches high. Oh no! And I had been hurt every single year in high school. So I had hardly any football film going into my senior year. That's not good news. If you don't have an offer going into your senior year, I ran a 40 yard dash and I start to see heads turn and coaches started to whisper and coach someone walked up to me. He said, Hey son, can you do that again? Absolutely. I can do it again. So I go back to the starting line. At this point, every coach at the camp is at the finish line timing me just to make sure that Coach McKinney's thumb wasn't broken. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I blazed it again. And long story short, they thankfully they were in my hometown. So they had the chance to talk to my principal and superintendent. And they end up offering me a full scholarship at a position wow. I never played before and end up starting as a true freshman. So pretty crazy. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> like a Rudy story from, right there. Yeah, no offers. And then a year later, you know, you're on TV playing for Texas A&M starting wow. as a true freshman. So wow. kind of crazy uh, point to our story to lead to that point. So, so what did you run the 40 in then? What was the, what was the time on that? Just got a curiosity. Yeah, so, so I had a bunch of clocks on me. So it varied, you know, four threes on grass. Wow. And it was, I think the closest time to my time since the conditions of the field were so bad that they were probably like mid four sixes. So there were guys at that camp that are playing professional football right now. So it was a pretty uh, impressive feat. <laughs> it was wow. impressive enough for them to offer me <laughs> without seeing 
seeing me play football at a new that position. So that is so cool. That is pretty awesome. And you played with uh, Johnny and yep. Mike Evans and yep. all of pretty much so, the entire rest of the NFL, right? Yeah, basically <laughs> Miles Garrett, all the game. So Johnny Menzel and Mike Evans were my first introduction to playing defensive back. So to go from zero stars, no name, to walk on the practice field, graduate high school early in the spring, and you're going against the Heisman Trophy winner, Johnny Menzel, and All-American Mike Evans. That was my introduction wow. to football. Wow, that's crazy. Mike Evans is a pretty tall guy, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I've never He's met He's a pretty him tall person, guy, and I'm but... a pretty short guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you, you, you've got some pretty, uh, you know, you can jump pretty high then, it, sound, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I could jump, and uh, I guess speed was an advantage for me, but yeah, it was a long spring, and wow. eventually I got the hang of it, and to be honest, when I took the field first game, it was like, wow, these, these guys aren't Mike Evans. So <laughs> interesting and fun to be able to practice against who I think is, you know, a guy who's a, a Hall of Famer. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Alex, other than playing football for Texas yep. A&M and, you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and, you know, what, what are you doing now? Yeah, absolutely. So if I, if I could kind of condense that for you, I had a background in real estate, got an engineering degree from Texas A&M. So I combination football player and engineer went right. to work for a company by the name of Opportune and Oil and Gas Consulting. A year later, I transitioned into real estate. I received a call from a guy I had met in college in his backyard fishing. It's literally multi-million dollar businesses and partnerships started from me walking up to him and just saying, hey, thank you for allowing us to come and fish in your yard. Very so cool. that started the friendship that eventually turned into a partnership. I came back to Bryan College Station, started buying real estate, looked up a year or two later. I was the president of his company. I had started another real estate company and we bought about 340 units together over the span of you know three, four or five years. And then recently just sold that back to him, transitioned out of real estate. I'll still be doing stuff in real estate, but primary focus is now on culture. So while I was at Twin City Properties, being the president, a young president of a company, two companies, figured out that it would it became more than just uh, numbers and houses and, and duplexes and apartments. It became about the people. Having a staff of 25 people, hundreds of vendors, thousands of residents, it's bigger than just you know buying property and cash flow. So I learned that it was the, the cash flow, the spreadsheets were predictable, the people were not. <laughs> so I had to learn how to create a culture and really learned a lot of things in a short amount of time and have been able to package those things to help other people. So kind of in a short sentence, my name is Alex Caesar. I am a culture catalyst. So what I do is I combine the Bible with business, management with a mission, profits with purpose, and culture with Christ to teach workplace leaders how to create the workplace cultures that we crave and radically improve their businesses. So culture equals results for me. So that's what I'm focused on. Awesome. I love that. So let's dig in a little bit about that. You know, how can, you know, because our, our audience here is really, you know, roofing entrepreneurs, but you know, as entrepreneurs, we have to understand how culture can influence our, our workplace. So mm -hmm. what, what can you give us today, you know, just as a little bit of a tip on, on how to create a really, really good culture in your roofing company? Absolutely. I think it starts with first defining, you know, what is culture? Culture is a responsibility to steward the things that we're placed in charge of, the cultivate, it's, it's how we care for things. And then three words that kind of sum up culture for me are beliefs, behaviors, and results. So how do we kind of shape our beliefs that influence our behaviors that then in turn produce the results that we experience as an organization? So how can that benefit you in the 
roofing world. So that's what culture is. Why does it matter? You know, 2021, 47 million Americans quit their job. We have this trend of what is called quiet quitting now. And what is it called? Like rapid applying or whatever it is. You get mad at your boss, you start applying for jobs. Uh, all of these things are happening and they're a result. They're a symptom of poorly designed organizational cultures. An easy way for roofers to stand out is to have a strong organizational culture, strong vision, mission, purpose, core values, a strong brand. All of those things are different modules on how I teach culture. But let me just give you a small example. So I had a huge roofing project, a million dollar project, three humongous commercial buildings, flat roofs. We had a hailstorm. probably got on that roof about 50 times to get bids and quotes. Wow. Because one, I'm trying to figure out how should we fix it? What type of material should we use? When can you do it? Like all of those types of things. Here's what separated the guy who got the job from everyone else. Number one, he was transparent with me. Like I could tell from day one, like he was, this is who we are. This is how we do it. I never had a question on if he was going to return my phone call. Wow. Every time I called him, he picked up or he called me immediately back. He actually did a job before that job previously for us. And it was just kind of a, a spray coating. Mm -hmm. So we have this spray coating and then he, we had a leak. Oh man, That's when you figure out kind of who's, who's the best and who's the rest is when yeah. things go wrong. So I'm thinking, man, like we just had this coating and traditionally we kind of self-insured. So we had a hailstorm and just kind of having that mind of self-insurance. I wasn't thinking file a claim. So I'm like, man, our, our roof is leaking six months later. Yeah. I called him and, and he showed up an hour away the same day, wow. got on top of the roof, figured out that, you know, there was some hail damage to the roof, walked us through filing the claim, helped us, helped us file the claim, fix the roof. And then after that, we have a brand new roof and anything that went wrong in the process of it. If there was, for example, you know, you uncover those flat roofs and it takes a while to put them back on, on a yeah. big building, a couple of days. And if any water, if there was rain and any water got in, he was walking around talking to the tenants. Hey, here's what's happening. We're replacing it. We have a temporary seal at this spot. You may see some water every single step of the way. I never had to question, is this guy who he says he is? Is he going to return my phone call? If something goes wrong, that's a lot of money to spend, you know, a million dollars yeah. on a project and not have it done the right way and then not have a phone call return. So once you see that in, in the contracting world, it stands out tremendously. When you return that phone call, when you re you give that bid, when you say you're going to give that bid, all of those things will separate you from the competition just by showing up and being consistent. Absolutely. So was this the owner that you were working with or was this yeah. an employee? Okay. I was this actually working owner. with the owner. Yeah. Okay. So and he, awesome. you know, he had a, a team out there, obviously when they were replacing it, but he orchestrated a lot of the, the groundwork and the, the mechanics of everything. Interesting. So I was very impressed with, you know, how he did things. And I think he's now franchised and everything and kind of taking steps away from the business. But yeah, so that stood out to me. Another thing is when you think about core values, for me, you know, I think that values call it the three D's of designing core values. They need to be decided. What are they defined? Like, what does that mean? So give terminology to that word so that we have a collective understanding of it. And the third step is they need to be demonstrated. Like, how do we actually show this? And that creates that feedback loop. So for, for example, if you're a roofer and you say that one of your core value is, is quality. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and then you go back and define quality. Like we use, maybe it's the highest standard of materials and our quality of work is ensured for X amount of years. If there's any workmanship type of errors or anything like that, we come back within X amount of years and we fix it. And then something happens and you follow through and demonstrate that you've earned trust. Yeah. So it's not always being perfect. Like, man, we, we, we hundred percent of the time we do it right. Mm, I don't know if I yeah. trust that, yeah. but when you're 90 plus percent, you do it right the first time. And then when those problems happen and you fix them, you've almost created a stronger customer by having problems right, when right. they see that you fix your problem. So that can go a very, very long way. And then the next thing that happens, and I actually 
I just posted a video about this this morning, is that you start to have that word of mouth marketing where people go, hey man, have you tried XYZ roofing? Like they're the best. And that carries so much power mm -hmm. in any world of business to where people refer you. So anytime that you say it and then you do it, that creates trust in the mind of your customer. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you think that roofers in general, right? A roofing company entrepreneur, right? Can really start building that into their business. How, how do, where do they even start with that? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of different things. So I always start with the vision of the organization. So what are we aiming to accomplish? Next, I go with purpose. Like, why are we a business? Yeah. Then I get into the mission. Like that's kind of the daily operations. What are we looking to accomplish in the short term from there? So I have vision, purpose, mission, our core values, like let's define them or decide, define and demonstrate from there, your team, like the type of people that you hire is very, very, very important. Like it literally is make or break for your business. You have to find people that are in alignment with your values, your mission, your vision, because when you find people who are bought into that, there's a lot less micromanagement involved. It's like, hey, these people believe in this vision and you let them run towards that. And then, you know, different types of ways of, you know, hiring people. I call it, the, you know, I have a lot of alliteration. So the three C's of hiring properly. Number one is competency. Are they actually able to do the job required with excellence? Number two would be character. So do they match our core values? Can we trust that this type of person fits in our organization? And then lastly is capacity, like making sure that you put the right person in the right seat. Like not everyone is going to walk in and, and day one be the CEO, obviously, but maybe they have a CEO personality that you can place them in a manager position and groom them for something else. In the roofing world, like maybe this person is better at coordination than they are at actually putting on a shingle. And you have to identify those things and figure out like where best do my people fit? So culture isn't just here's a vision and, and that's where we stop. Like we have to make sure that we have inspiration long-term, motivation for today and short-term. So all of those things kind of go into it. Core values that shape how we behave. We have to make sure that it's a total package when creating a culture of an organization. Love it. Absolutely love it. So let me ask then on, you know, as we're talking about core values, what are your core values? Yeah, absolutely. So from our organization, I'm big on like acronyms because I want people to be able to remember yeah. like what we say and what we do without going, okay, let me memorize this. Yeah. So for me, it's love, integrity, vision, excellence, and service. And that equals lives. So that's what I'm out to, to change and impact. I'm out to change organizations and change the lives of the people that operate within those organizations. So then I, you know, I practice what I preach. So that is the word. So that's the decided core values. Then I go back and I define those core values. <laughs> love, treat others as ourselves. Yeah, integrity, just like, just tell, like the Bible, right? yeah, tell and live the truth, even if it hurts. Vision, live today like tomorrow matters. Excellence, we give our all in all. Service, be inconvenienced to help others. So now whenever I sit down with someone, I bring people into my different organizations, they actually know these are our values. These, This is what those values mean. This is how Alex expects for those values to be exemplified and displayed within our organization. Yeah. And then I have to do it, yeah. decide, define, and demonstrate. And when people see me operate in that manner, that manner, it reinforces those beliefs and values become values statements that become value actions within the organization. Love it. And yeah, it, it truly does come from the owner down, right? I mean, it's got to come yep. from the, the the main person in charge of the company as, as that. But how, how does like a leadership team have say in some of those core values? Like, like, do you sit down with the leadership team or, or is it just strictly coming from the entrepreneur when you're defining those core values? Absolutely. So it, I would say, number one, it depends because a lot of people start off solo. So it, it kind of comes from yeah. you at that point. And sometimes after you start to expand, maybe your core values won't change per se, but they morph. Yeah. Okay. Things get added to them. So for example, if the idea of organizational vision, the vision may morph over time.
time. Like, okay, here's our five-year deal. Like, here's where we're going the next five years. So it just depends on obviously how big the organization is. But I would always encourage people to involve others in this process. Number one is because it gives them ownership of the idea. So it's kind of the difference between asking for an opinion versus advice. Advice brings you into my flock and says, how can we better do this? Mm -hmm. How can we do this better? Like, how do we make a change? And then when your leaders get to go, man, I think this is who we are. And, And we do things this way. You get a different perspective because sometimes when you're just trying to do things by yourself, you don't have that full scope of like, this is who we actually are. And I would even go a step further. Here's kind of a little hack. So involve your leadership team. But if you've serviced people, listen to what they say about you, because that gives people that gives you clues into maybe your core values, your organizational purpose. Because for example, let's say if you go to Google and you have 50 reviews and a lot of those views are, man, they really treated us like rock stars, man, the way that this roofing company, they, they answered the phone and they did this. Maybe customer service is a huge core value for you. Right. I have never seen a product as durable as what they offer. Or I, so all of those things give you clues into how you're perceived and then how you also portray yourself to other people. So sometimes we can't see all of those things. We have those blind spots. So I think it's important to involve your leaders. And also if you service people already, figure out what your customers say, are saying about you. I love that. That's, that's a great hack right there. So all you roofers out there, start looking through all of your reviews, right? And, and yeah. get that figured out. If, and if you've got a good review system in place, you should have over a hundred reviews at this point, exactly. right? And what you can do, this is kind of another little, little tip. I call it mission marketing. Okay. So it's how do you take your mission statement and flip it on its head and turn it into marketing? Yeah. So there's a couple of different things I combine in my mission statement. So number one is what I do, how I do it, why I do it, who I service and core values. Mm-hmm. So how do you combine all of those things into one? So for example, like if I was a clothing company, like, okay, well, obviously I make clothes. That's what I do. How do I do it? Sustainability. How do I do it? Preserve the planet. Who do I do it for? Conscientious consumers. And then lastly, core values, like maybe it's sustainability or something like that mixed into that statement. And then you can flip that mission on its head and market it. And here's what I mean. You reverse it. So you okay. start with the why, kind of kind of like Simon yeah, Sinek says, Simon Sinek, and then you yeah. go, we believe in preserving our planet and creating yeah. clothing for those that are both conscientious and fashionable. So you kind of start with that why, yeah. and then you get into the what's and the how. So as a roofer, if you're looking at reviews and you realize like, man, this is something that we do well and people recognize it, mm-hmm. take all of those reviews, flip them upside down and turn them into marketing. So now you know what the customer value told you the secrets. It's like they've already given up, given us yeah. like what people are going to resonate with, what is most valuable to them. You take that value proposition and flip it on his head, turn it into marketing. Absolutely love that. You know, Simon Sinek is a start with why. If you haven't read that book, y'all, Great book. You, need to, you need to read it. And actually you can shortcut that. He's got a great TED Talk video, right? Yep. Just do a search for Simon Sinek and, and actually down below in the comments, I'll, I'll put a link to that. It's something that I send to my clients every single, you know, when they first started, start working with me, because I 100% agree with that whole philosophy of starting with why. Yeah. Okay. And for so, me, that yeah, that yeah. why produces perseverance. It's yeah. like when you can attach purpose to what you're doing, like days are going to be tough. You know, I so admire what roofers do. It's hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get, you're sweaty, you're figuring it out, you're getting calls and hey, you know, we have a leak and maybe it's related to you. Maybe it's a hailstorm and you don't know yeah. and you have to go out there and figure it out. Yeah. It gets rough. But when you know why you do what you do, yeah. it changes things. Absolutely agree on that. So regarding these core values, you know, and and, and we're talking about a couple of different things here, but how often should you revisit those core values? Is it a yearly yeah. thing? Is it every five years, three years, something like that? What, what are your thoughts? So I always have kind of an end, end of the year review and a beginning of the year kind of forecast. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a yearly process mm-hmm. because that it kind of takes time to see things 
things unfold and really have a true evaluation and have a full data set of like, okay, this is what people are saying about us. Here's what we did well. Here's things that we can improve on. So for me, it's kind of an end of the year, beginning of the year type process to where we look back and look forward. Yeah. Here's what we did well. Here's what we didn't do well. Here's what we can improve on. And then here's where we're going next year. Awesome. All right. So moving forward a little bit, right? This is something that we ask our roofers, but I'm going to ask you, right? Okay. Alex, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal? What is your mission? What yeah. is your 10 year, five year moonshot? Yeah. So one big thing for me is obviously public speaking. So I have two different ones is, and this is, I'm putting some pressure on myself, not five years, but two years nice. uh, to speak to a million people live. So I've kind of broken down what that looks like. And, but yes, a, a million live audience. So they'll have to be not recorded, preferably in person, but Zoom works also if it's live. So a million people live. And then also for the curriculum, the Culture Catalyst program to reach 3,500 organizations in the next two years. Absolutely. So I've got work to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's a tough one too, right? Yep. A million people live. All right. We're going to take a break here to listen to a message from our sponsor. All right, we are back and we are heading into the lightning round. All right, the lightning round rules are simple. You have one minute or less to answer each question. You ready, Alex? I'm ready. Awesome. All right, no for being fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. You're way faster than me. Let me put it that way. <laughs> All right, number one, what is your favorite hack? This can be a personal hack or a business hack. Anything goes at this point. Do something hard early. So whenever I was in middle school, I started working at five o'clock in the morning. That kind of helps to jumpstart your day, get the body moving, get the brain going, and to also do something complicated and kind of a forced <laughs> self-discipline that helps you do harder things later on. Right. So eat that frog, right? Yep. Eat that frog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two, what is the favorite advice that you have ever been given and bonus points for how you actually applied it? Ooh. So I've heard different iterations of this one idea in my family, but it starts with the Bible. So whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Another version of that is my grandma used to tell me good, better, best, never let it rest until your good is better and your better best. So for me, the way I've applied that is anything that I do, I'm going to give you my all or I'm not going to do it. So go all in or I'm all out. Love it. Absolutely. Love that. All right. What is your superpower, Alex? Ooh, superpower. Taking complex ideas and making them simple. I know how to get the best out of people. So whether it's a complicated set of information or a complicated idea like culture, condense it down and make it easily understandable. Take information, give application, lead to transformation. So what gets you out of bed and excited about your business, Alex? Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the people. So being able to build workplace cultures that then influence and impact the lives of the people that work within those organizations and give them more purpose and more meaning to what they're doing, that lights me up in the morning. So I'm all about people. So very cool. Well, Alex, how can the roofing community get in touch with you and support you moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So everything I talked about or a lot of the stuff I talked about can be found at alexcesar.com, alexcesar.com. Find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. I think I'm on YouTube. Took a little three-year break from social media, but I'm back and, and pushing out content. So, and then Alex at alexcaesar.com. So love to hear from you. If I can help your culture, let me know. Absolutely love it. And by the way, I've been following you on LinkedIn ever since we started talking nice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been seeing all your short videos, love them. Absolutely love them. Thank short you. content rules right now. And I love how you're tying culture back your, sorry, Bible, you know, versus in with culture. I think yes. that's so very cool. You know, absolutely. Thank you. Very few businesses actually, or businessmen actually do that. So that's very cool. Yes, sir. Well, we appreciate your generosity for coming on 
the Roofer Growth Hacks podcast here, Alex, and sharing your vision, right? And your core yep. values yep. with us and and really helping to shape us as company and business owners and entrepreneurs, how we can shape our company. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I had a blast and I appreciate you for just having me and being able to communicate with your audience and your reach. So to all your roofers out there, go kill it. Well, how about that, roofers? Was that pretty amazing or what? I know that I took a lot of valuable hacks that Alex shared with us. My favorite, honestly, was when he talked about mission marketing, you know, because I am a marketing geek, right? Uh, as a chief marketing officer, I, I better be a marketing geek. But I, I thought that was super, super interesting on how he took a mission statement, right? Your big, hairy, audacious goal, whatever you want to call this, your moonshot, right? And flipped it on, on its head and, and really start with why you're doing it in, in the kind of the fashion of Simon Sinek. You know, I, I found that really, really interesting. He also shared a lot of really, really good tips on how to really develop your core values, uh, how to share them with your company and really why you need to share those things and, and you know, how often uh, that you should do that. And, and I 100% agree with him that, you know, you should be looking at your core values on a yearly basis, not just by yourself, right? Because we're not islands uh, out there, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have leadership teams and we want to make sure that we're meeting with our leadership team on a yearly basis to go over how did this past year go? How is how are we forecasting for this next year? And then really just defining and saying, are these still our core values? Is this truly what represents our company, right? Get more than one opinion on that. And additionally, look through your uh, reviews online, right? See what other people are saying about you. And, and maybe that will help shape your core values of your company. Then to take that those core values and share them out not only with your employees but also in all of your marketing. I think it's super super important to do that. All right, well that's going to do it for another episode of Roofer Growth Hacks. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you connect with today's guest with Alex on LinkedIn, on Instagram, uh, where wherever that he is. We we're going to have uh, links to that down in the bottom here. I also hope that you connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram. You can check out our website at roofergrowthhacks.com and you can listen to uh, previous episodes while you're there. I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, RoofingSites.com. Since 2018, RoofingSites.com has helped roofers double their sales by getting their marketing right using my 4R Roofing Marketing System. And by the way, this past year, I published my book, The Ultimate Guide to Digital Marketing for Roofers. If you're a roofing company owner and you don't have this book in your hand, I'll send it to you for free. Just go to go.roofingsites.com and I'll send you a free copy of my book. You see, I'm on a mission to double the size of 100 roofing companies before 2028 and my book is the exact blueprint on how to get your marketing right. Well, join me next time when we connect with another great roofing entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I am Chris Hunter. Thanks and gig them.